Welcome to Real Personal Finance. I'm your host, Scott Frank, CFP, CFA charter holder, and founder of Stone Steps Financial. And I'm your host, James Canole, CFP, MBA, and owner of Root Financial Partners. The premise of our show is simple. Money can be confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Our goal is to answer real personal financial questions that we hear from our clients and our listeners. Each episode, we answer one personal financial question in a clear and understandable way. Because money is a tool. And when you understand the language of money, you can make better decisions to improve your financial life. Hey, James. Hey, Scott. Welcome to another week. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. For our Wednesday releases. Our Wednesday release. That we do on Monday. They come week after week. Mm -hmm. We record them on Monday. Yeah. Live show soon. Totally. Yeah, we're, we'll have to think about where should we do a live show. That'd Twitch. Be fun. On, the, on the beach. Get the video game platform, Twitch, and just do it for podcasts. That could be fun. Yeah, if you're- Maybe not as exciting as- Talking way over my head. I'll have to I don't know anything about it. I just one. heard that this is the future. So. <laughs> we'll see how that comes into play. Oh, uh, you want to read the question for today? Yes, this question is from Andrew. Andrew says, first off, I want to thank you for making this podcast. I'm a recent listener, but you've already done wonders in helping me understand the complex world of personal finance. As for my question, I'm hoping you could walk through the pros and cons of different high-yield savings vehicles, high-yield savings accounts, money markets, and CDs. Especially, how do you think the planned federal interest rate raises may affect those? Thanks. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Andrew. Cool. And I'm glad to hear the podcast has been so helpful. Yeah, definitely. That's why we do it. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. Well, let's talk about where you can hold cash. Yeah. So he's mentioning savings, money markets, CDs, checkings. They're all cash, mm-hmm. but slightly different versions of it. Yes. In the past, when interest rates were much higher, these versions of cash were maybe more pronounced, mm-hmm. kind of bigger differences between them. And because of that, maybe more important how you think through these and what you're using. Yes. Today, with interest rates so low, they are very similar, but we'll talk about what each one is and we'll talk about how interest rates rising in the future will impact this. Yeah. So let's start with different types of cash that you can have. Yeah. First is what? Checking account. Checking. Yeah, it's where everyone's paycheck goes. It's where your paycheck goes. Yeah, we actually write checks out of them. No way. Yeah. Before your time, I don't believe James, you. James is 10 years younger than me. Yeah, so I get to, right. I actually used to get my paychecks cashed when I was a kid. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Oh, you actually remember that too? Yeah, Smoothie King, my first job. Okay, I got a so physical you're not, paycheck. You're not that old then. Got physical it wasn't always electronically deposited. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So checking account and savings accounts at major banks. Major banks I'm thinking of are like the Bank of America's, Chase, Wells Fargo's, the big guys. They don't give you anything in the form of interest. It's literally like 0.01% or either savings account might be 0.05%. Yeah. It's a place to hold cash because you need to hold cash. Yeah. And they're saying, look, we're going to give you the ability to typically make unlimited withdrawals or limited deposits. It's kind of like just money you need to live. We're going to allow you to transact from this account. We're not going to pay you any interest. Or if we do, it's going to be a very, 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 very small amount of interest but you're not typically using checking accounts for a place to grow your money. Right. And for the benefit of your money going in that checking and savings account, the bank then goes and basically lends that money to other people mm-hmm. on a regular basis. Yeah. And they just have to keep a certain amount available for withdrawals at all times. Yeah. And then one step up from that checking account is that 
savings account. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I like lumped f- them together, but they're like, yeah, major banks, you're not going to get much of a benefit. In you're going to get hardly any benefit. I think the main difference is you're going to get a tiny bit higher interest. Yeah. Your point instead of zero or point I mean, it's like 400% larger. It is 400% but it larger. it goes from point zero one, oh, 500% larger. It. 0.01% to 0.05%, guys. That's 500 times yeah. bigger. I can see the major banks advertising right now. <laughs> five times the same. Yeah. yeah. So it's five times the amount, but it's five times practically nothing. So it's still practically yeah. nothing where it might be 0.05%. The difference is you're probably going to be limited on how many withdrawals you can make from savings accounts each month. Mm-hmm. You know, bank's going to give you the quote unquote higher interest rate, but you can't freely draw from that to the same extent if you might only have, I don't know what the number is, five or six, seven withdrawals. Yeah. But you're going to get it a little bit higher savings rate. And to your point, this is where banks make their money. Mm-hmm. You put your money on hold with the bank. Yeah. You put your money in the savings account. The bank, by law, they're required to keep part of that on their balance sheet and their reserves. But then the majority of it, they go turn around and lend. Yep. They Car use, loans, business loans, mortgages, all that stuff. Yeah. I put my money in a savings account. Scott goes to that same bank and asks for a mortgage. They're taking part of my savings, part of everyone else's savings, giving Scott that mortgage. And let's say the mortgage is 3% and I'm getting 0.05%. That spread is what the bank is making money on. Yeah. And we're really, really simplifying this because the finance world's way more complex than that. Like mortgages are getting rolled up into (laughs) into collateralized debt obligations or collateralized CMOs and getting spun out to Wall Street. But for simplicity's sake, that's exactly what's happening. Yeah. From there, I want to stay on checking and savings for a minute because I mentioned all the big banks, the bricks and mortar banks are ways you could think of it. They actually have stores that you or branches that you can walk into. There are more and more online banks that are available. A lot of them spun out of the credit card industry or spun out of big corporations that have online systems, which, you know, 20 years ago, no one would just bank online. And mm-hmm. now a lot of us do. And yeah. so you can get better interest rates. Some might call them high yield savings rates online. Should we talk about those for a little bit? Yeah. Big, big money to be made there, mm-hmm. I hear. Yeah. Big money, meaning like 0.5%, 0.5% instead yeah. of 0.05%. Now that's a 10X return compared to what you could get at the big bank down the street. Significant. And by the way, we're recording this in February of 2022. These things change totally. all the time. But as of now, that's exactly right. And with a high yield savings account, you're not going to go get this with a Wells Fargo or a Chase or a Bank of America. You're going to get this with what, like the Barclays and the Allies. Yeah. And so the like ones. Ally is a spinoff of GE Capital way back in the day, right? Like Marcus is a division of Goldman Sachs. Mm-hmm. Capital One is obviously a really big credit card company that also started doing some online banking. American Express has American Express savings. Mm-hmm. Barclays, as you mentioned, Discover, there's lots of banks. They don't really have the bricks and mortar where they have to run a big balance sheet of having people standing at a teller desk all the time. So they can actually run a little bit more efficiently and they can give some of that spread back to their customer. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's really what's happening. Yeah. So that there's, we're saying higher interest rate. Again, we want to qualify that, but it's still not super high. No, but um, it's like 0.5%. But it's higher now. than what your savings account is you know. going to be for most places. Yeah. My favorite part of these, of high yield savings account, isn't necessarily the interest rate, although that's a benefit. It's when we talk about, you know, we have episodes like 
budging stocks do this instead. Mm -hmm. It's really our way of how do you plan for your cash flow and where it's going. I love high yield savings accounts. A lot of them don't have any minimums. Mm -hmm. And so if you're trying to plan for vacations or property taxes or that new car or, or kind of those one-off bigger expenses that you can't pay through normal cash flow. Yep. These are typically the types of accounts that I'll recommend clients open up. Agreed. Of put your money there. Put a few hundred bucks a month into your vacation fund and a few hundred bucks a month into your property tax fund. And yes, there's an interest rate, but that's not going to make you rich. The bigger thing is helping you control how you're allocating your money. To add to what you're saying, because I fully agree, you mentioned put there, but I think what you're saying is automate putting there. Yes. Yeah. Don't so, even think about putting so it there. Like, you just set it so up. So decide ahead of time, we're going to spend, I'm just going to make up a number, six grand a year on vacations. Great. We're going to put $500 a month in that account. Yeah. Right. So it's going to add up to six grand over time. And then it's always going to be feeding itself. So now we're only going to go on vacation when we have the money to go. So now we're not going to go overspend in other places. It's a way to start kind of, really mindfully putting money to work for you in places that matter to you. Yeah, because it starts saying, oh, I can't afford 500 a month for vacation. Well, then you definitely can't afford to go put six grand on the credit card. Right. Because where's that money going to come from? Because then you you're paying 18% on that six grand right. to a bank. <laughs> That's becomes not a lot helpful. More expensive. Yeah. yeah. The other thing that I'd mentioned about online, the high yield savings accounts that I like to mention to clients as well, it's a wonderful place to put your emergency fund. Mm-hmm. Because it's not just one click away from your savings account and your bank account to your checking account. Yeah. And if you go label it your emergency fund, when you actually go log in to go move extra money over, like you have to mentally think to yourself, was this an emergency? Yeah. Do I really need, you know, because it really just helps you, you know, kind of like, do I need to break this glass right now or should I be changing something in my financial life? Right. Again, it's all about intention. It's not about judging. It's about intention. Yeah, create friction between the behaviors you want to avoid if possible. It's making it harder to do that thing. It's not impossible. Yeah. If you need it, you can still transfer the funds in a day or so. But thank you, James Clear and Atomic Habits. Yes. Yes. Make it harder. Make it harder to do <laughs> to the do things, the you things don't that aren't do. helpful to you. Yes. Okay, that's high yield savings. Oh, one thing I got to mention the place that I will go look, and I want to just give the side note that if you go to these bigger websites that are helping filter things for you, they can make money by clicking through. So just buyer beware. But I've used the site in the past, Magnify Money. If you go there and you click on a savings rate or savings account, you can put in a zip code and a dollar amount that you would save, and it will give you the interest rate mm -hmm. that's available. And it will translate that to a dollar amount for you so you can see it. The higher savings rates that you'll see there almost always come with catches. Just be clear, like right now, the normal savings rates around 0.5%. That's where you'll see the bigger banks like we kind of mentioned before. Mm -hmm. But it also gives a grade for like how complex is this thing? So is there a lot of red tape you need to jump through or is it pretty simple? Yeah, I've made the mistake before of using the one that just paid the highest interest rate. Yeah. And it was a total miserable experience. Right. And it's like, okay, if I'm wasting this much time jumping through these hoops to get 0.1% more interest, that time should be spent somewhere else. Yeah, what else could you do with that time? Yeah, what else exactly. could I do with that time? So how can I get an easy, seamless experience and get a little bit more interest mm -hmm. is what we want to do here. He mentioned money markets as well. You want to touch on those briefly? Yeah, money market, high yield savings could be kind of thought of as one and the same. It's, I don't know, it's like a glorified savings account. You're typically owning, it's called commercial paper type stuff. Just very, very of the shortest term investments, short term loans, a little bit higher interest rate than lost savings. But 
it's kind of used interchangeably with high yield savings or some savings accounts. So So I agree with what James has said. The only color that I would add to that is that normally checking savings and high yield savings, as well as CDs, which we'll talk about, you'll see at bank accounts often. Mm -hmm. Money market accounts, more often than not, you see inside of brokerage accounts. Mm -hmm. Like at a, so you have an account at TD Ameritrade or Vanguard and you hold some cash, you're going to hold it in a money market account. It won't be necessarily labeled a high savings account. Right. And then actually speaking about like who makes money off of the float, you know, like the Charles Schwab's of the world, they make a lot, sometimes the majority of their money that they make as a firm is just simply holding cash. Right and lending cash out. (laughs) So all these people have these big brokerage accounts. They have all this cash sitting in the money market for Schwab. And Schwab's just like, I'm going to lend it out and I'm going to make money on the spread. That's how a lot of custodians and banks make money in the financial framework. Yeah, you see Schwab's intelligent portfolio solution. You know, there's a big allocation to cash. It's okay, it's a free solution, but the way they're getting paid on that free solution is because they're allocating money to cash, which they are then turning around and making money on such a good point there's no such thing as free (laughs) like even when you go look at the you know you'll see it pointing this out just even of bank accounts right they'll be like hey we're gonna charge you five dollars a month to have this basic checking account Mm -hmm. or you can keep five grand in your checking account at all times and we won't charge you five bucks yeah we won't charge you anything and you're like oh i just want to keep the five grand in there all they're doing is taking the five grand and lending it out and making the five bucks right (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like it's just which one do you want to choose? Do you want to know you paid for it, or do you want to pay for it? Right, exactly. So yeah, nothing is free. There, there's a, a banks. It, these look like kind of boring products to consumers because they are because they're not really paying anything. But this is the bread and butter of how banks are making money. Absolutely, is cash deposits on hand, paying very little interest to the person whose cash it is, and then turning around and lending it higher rates. Hundred percent. Okay, you want to touch on CDs briefly? Yeah, and then like the certificates of deposit here of this. We're just making these tiers up. They're not formalized tiers or anything. Is a CD, a certificate of deposit. What this is is the difference between this and say a high yield savings. Is you're typically going to get a higher interest rate with a certificate of deposit, but there's some minimum requirement of you have to keep your cash tied up for three months, six months, twelve months, twenty four months, some increment of time. And if you take your money out before the penalties, you just lose whatever interest you accrued. Mm -hmm. So if you owe property taxes in 12 months, maybe you stick money in a CD and you get a little bit higher interest rate and that money is just set aside for that. If you're going to go on a vacation and you're not sure if it's in five months or in 12 months, but you want to stick money away for it, probably better to use something like a yield savings account where Mm -hmm. maybe you're getting a little bit less interest, but you have the flexibility of you're not going to lose any interest if you pull that money out before the CD term is up. Yeah, agreed. And I actually think when you look at the difference in rate now between CDs and high yield savings, I think it kind of just makes sense to keep using high yield savings. I, unless you're going so far out on the chain that you, you might have higher rate in the CD. But if that's the case, you might want to look at other forms of investment anyway. Right. So, but for what it's worth. You know, is there anything else you want to say about CDs? I think no, I agree it. with you. I really don't like CDs a whole lot, at least today. If Me neither. It was like when interest rates were much higher, and yeah. there was what we'd call a premium to own those. That was yeah. a substantial premium. Agreed. Yeah, but if not, don't lose what's most important, yeah. which is flexibility. The juice isn't worth the squeeze. I fully agree because yeah. you lose the flexibility. The question was, what will happen if interest rates rise? And it actually comes back to if you guys remember a few years ago before COVID happened, and we kind of lowered. We have this thing called the Fed funds rate, and it's what, so if you hear on the news, like Jerome Powell met with, you know, the board of governors to decide what should they do with lending in the United States. And it's always about what are they going to do with interest rates? 
what they're really looking at is what are they going to do with the federal funds rate, which is the rate that you can lend back and forth with the Fed, and then banks will typically lend at similar rates. And what happened was it went from being around like the twos down to like, I think, I want to say, it's, I didn't check it today, but I think it's 0.25% right now. I can double check. But anyway, the answer is it's low. Mm -hmm. And what will happen as interest rates start to, Fed funds rate starts to rise, is you should see the high yield savings amounts and the CD amounts also rise mm -hmm. for what they're offering yep. in the space. But it's usually not that much more than what you're seeing the Fed funds rate at. Yeah, but you're exactly right. The federal interest rates and those interest rates rising, all of these things we're talking about, savings, high yield savings, CDs, they're all directly tied to that. The nice thing with some high, well, I guess the nice thing, but also kind of the downside is with, remember opening a high yield savings account with Barclays yeah. years ago. It's like, oh, great. I'm getting 1% interest. Right. And then a few months later, it's like, we're raising your rate to 1.1. Right. Like, Hooray. And 1.2, 1.5. So the nice thing is interest rates are going up. Not all of these institutions, but a lot of them, you just get credited with a higher rate. You don't mm -hmm. have to change anything. Yeah, it kind of floats. It floats. On the mm -hmm. downside is when rates are going down, it just goes down automatically. Yeah. It's not like you're signing up for a lower rate. They're just giving you a lower rate. Yep. The one exception to that is CDs. CDs are for a fixed term. So if you have a six-month CD or a 12-month CD, it doesn't matter what interest rates do in between that time. Your money is locked in at that rate for that period of time. And when it matures, you can reinvest it in a different CD. If you even want to call it investing, you can re-put it in a CD. But high-yield savings account are typically adjusting on a monthly basis or whatever it is with the interest rate. Agreed. You know, just thinking about this big picture, tips that we would give clients when they're thinking about checking in savings and high yield savings. I'm a big fan of knowing what you need to spend for a month of life, keeping that dollar amount in your checking account as a de minimis, kind of as a floater. And then you just pour in that same amount into your account. So if you just pay W-2, you might just end up doing that straight in. If you're paid through stock compensation or through other means where you're actually bringing in more every month than you actually need to live life, I would probably pour it into my online savings account first mm -hmm. and then just push in from my online savings account one monthly amount that I need to live on. That right. way I can't easily go just spend into my extra money. Right. I need to mindfully think about what am I going to do with it. Yeah. Agreed. And I think the other thing is we're typically telling clients don't waste too much time and energy over what savings account, what high-yield savings account, what CD. At the end of the day, we're talking about a few bucks difference. Right. In most cases. Like if you have a 10 grand emergency fund and you're getting 0.5% per year, that's $50. Yeah. Four bucks a <laughs> like, month or so. Yeah. We're not going to make or break anything. Set up systems that work for you and that work easily for you. Yep. That's the key. Yep. Yep. And then focus time and attention on the things that really move the needle. These are important, and yes, you want to get this right, but you're not going to retire or not retire because of what high-yield savings account you decided to use. No, not at all. But thanks for the question. It was yes. a great to get to come back and revisit this. Yep. Good to flush out. Anything else? Is that it? No, that's it. Have a great day. All right. We'll see you all next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Real Personal Finance Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and let us know by leaving a five-star review. And if you have a question that you'd like for us to answer, then head over to the Real Personal Finance website at realpersonalfinance.co. There's a section on the bottom of each page there where you can submit your question for us to answer in a future episode. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only. and should not be relied upon for a basis for investment decision. This podcast is not engaged in rendering legal, financial, or other professional services.